Turn all the way to the back of your Bible, to Revelation. The very last book in your Bible, Revelation. For the chapel being packed, don't worry. We've got an expansion plan in the making. As soon as the wood stove goes out of here in about a month, we can add a whole nother row. we got four more seats coming. Yeah. As far as parking, I don't know. Keep, this is a big step. One thing at a time. Whole nother pew. We can really get it. We can pack a lot more in here. Revelation, Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. The Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Our Lord, our God, He is worthy of our honor. He's worthy of the glory that we would give Him. Why? Because He created us. And because He created all things. We were created to give God glory. We were created to reflect His glory. And you say, how do we do this? Well, we can sing praises to Him as we just did. We can worship Him. But this doesn't only happen at church. It doesn't only just happen for a a lot of time on a Sunday morning. If that was the case, it would only be once a week that we would worship and glorify God. It's a time, though, that's important, where we can do it corporately, right? As a body, we can worship the Lord and honor Him. But our lives are to bring glory to God. And truthfully, we'll feel that fulfillment and the purpose in life when our lives do bring glory to God. How do we do this in our daily lives? Do we walk around uh, singing hymns or, or spiritual songs, praises? Well, it's, more, it's much simpler than that. We glorify God just through our life's work. What He's given us to do, what we have to do, we can do it to the Lord. Look, The talents and the abilities, the gifts that we have, that each individual has, whether we recognize it or not, they're God-given. He gives them to us. And when we use those, and we use those in a way that glorifies Him, and we give the glory to Him, He is glorified. It pleases the Father in our work. This can be our career, this can be business, but it's far more than that. It's husbands, it's fathers, it's it's mothers, it's it's wives, it's it's children, it's grandparents, it's it's helping others, it's it's ministering, being helping other people, it's it's our calling. And 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 Boy, that's the way to live life is when we, when we, when we have a call on our life. Uh, when we feel like God has given us an ability, a talent, and we're going to use it, and we're going we're to use it to the best of our ability, you know, we're going we're gonna to do our best 
for His glory and, and really not be afraid of the failure. W- work started in Genesis, right at the very beginning. In Genesis uh, chapter 2, God created uh, man and woman and brought them together and it was a perfect environment. There was no sin, therefore there was no death. It was wonderful, right? And in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15, the Bible says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And so we, uh, as humans, we had work to do before the fall. Before there was cur- the curse. The curse was brought because of, because of Satan and because of man's fall. Uh, therefore now work uh, involves many times sweat stress, <laughs> ulcers, or whatever. <laughs> but there was work before the curse. And let me say this. In, in eternity future, in heaven, there's going to be work for us to do. It's going to be... If, if you have the mindset that when we uh, go to heaven, when we get to uh, the new heaven, the, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, that we're going to be you know, sitting on a cloud playing a harp. It's not that. We have work to do. We're going to be serving with our king. And so there's work to do in the future, and I'm happy about that. I think that's exciting. I don't know what work he has for me and what work he has for you, but he does have something in the future. The things that we do with our lives, if we begin to see them as our calling, and as we begin to see them as... Uh, what God has for us to do, and we begin to do them as unto the Lord, and we begin to do them with all our might, all our strength, all our ability. In Ecclesiastes, wisest man ever lives, Solomon said, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. In other words, whatever you're doing, Whatever you're involved in, if you feel like that's your ability, that's your talent, that's your calling, boy, just 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 go have just take it as far as you can take it. Do is the best that you can do. Just you know, take it to the next level if you can, if God will help you and willing. Just do the best you can. He says in Colossians chapter three and verse twenty-three, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord and not to men. So many times our, our things that we do, maybe it's a husband for a wife. If we do it for our wife, uh, that's nice. We do it for our children, that's nice. We do it for our neighbors, we do it for our co-workers, we do it for them. But you know, uh, long term, we need a, even a higher calling than that. We need to do it as under the Lord. We're doing it for Him. And He says and do it heartily. That word heartily... It means to do it. It means to put our heart into it. Have you ever, you ever put your heart into your work and see the difference it makes? And again, I'm not just talking about career. I'm talking about just your heart into what you've, what you know to do. You put your heart into it. Uh, it becomes very sincere, doesn't it? You, you, you begin to become attached to it and, and feel like, hey, man, I'm putting my heart into this and this is a reflection and a glory to God and what I'm called to do in my work. 
This brings significance to it. There are no insignificant work. There's no insignificant work when we're doing it as unto the Lord. When we're doing it for Him and in His strength and in His power. When we're doing it with all our heart. Whether it's taking care of children, taking care of the elderly, you know, doing maintenance around the church, whether it's building, engineering, serving others, creating something, repairing, whatever it is, if we're doing it as unto the Lord, we're doing it heartily. It is, it's, it's not insignificant. Sometimes we can, we can begin to look around and say, am I making a difference? You know, does what I do matter? But boy, if we're doing it as unto the Lord and it brings glory to Him, it is significant. It does matter. If you're retired, work's not over, obviously. There's still a lot of work to do. All of us need help. We need mentoring. We need wisdom, right? And so the work isn't over. There's younger people that need the, the help and the wisdom. Do it as unto the Lord to give Him glory. This changes the why we do what we do, right? If we work to get by, or if we work to get ahead, or if we work to get rich, or if we work to get power, or even if we work to be the best, just to say that we are the best, eventually it's going to come up empty. Eventually it's gonna, there's going to be something where it's not enough. That even that work isn't enough. So this changes the why. We work and we put a heart into it. Why? Because it brings Him glory. Because that's what the Lord would have us to do and it pleases Him. And He gets glory through that work that we do. If we do this work as unto the Lord, it has value. All of it has value. An eternal value. This is a way to take something that's every day in my name. Every, you say, sometimes it's hard for us to imagine that just the little things in life could, uh, could have value for eternity. But in Mark 9, 41, Jesus says, For whosoever shall give you a cup of water, a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. As we serve others, as we do minor things in our lives, as we do it as unto the Lord. And my goodness, when we serve and when we work that way, doesn't it just help the whole atmosphere? Doesn't it help the whole spirit? The whole attitude of the situation? We use our work to glorify Him. Why? Because He created us to. That's the way it works best. That's the way it fulfills us best. In Colossians 3, 17, the Bible says, And whatsoever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. We are able to give our thanks back to God by doing the things that we do in His name for His glory. And by the way, 
We do put His name on it when we, when we say we're a Christian, when we say we're Christ followers, when we say we uh, follow Christ and are like Christ. We are doing it because He's called us to, because He is the one, by the way, that ordained work at creation. When we think back in history of people that have been honored and people that have been, we even glorify, not, not the sense that we were to glorify man, but the Bible does say honor to whom honor is due. What is it that, uh, why is it that we do that? For instance, Michelangelo, the, the painter and the sculptor, right? Painted the Sistine Chapel and sculpted uh, David and Moses. What is it that we, what, what is it that so, it was his work, Right? that we look at and say, wow, look at the work. But when we think about, and this is not to take anything away from Him, that He is great, but we think about God and His work. My goodness, His paintings of the northern lights. His paintings of the starry nights and the blue skies. He didn't, he didn't just, couldn't just sculpt, sculpt David or Moses he breathed into their nostrils the breath of life. And each and every one of us. We're talking about why does God deserve our glory? Because He has done some great work. You think of Steve Jobs and the work that he did on Apple, right? It's amazing. But what about God? He created the Apple. The real Apple. He didn't just create the Apple. He created the human brain. It works just amazingly. You say, why does God deserve the glory? Because of His great work. Because of the great work that He has done. It's amazing. He has done such great work in creation that even the greatest work of man, we can't even see all of His great works. We can't see as far out or we can't see as far down as to the great works of God that He has done. But when we try, it brings Him glory. When we, when we innovate and create and do these things because of, He is a creator and He is a builder and he is a, he is a giver and He is a servant, we bring glory to Him. The Wright brothers are a big deal around here, right? In Dayton. They did great work. But when you look at a sparrow and a butterfly, such superior engineering by our Creator, God, the oceans and the mountains, just here on earth, His creation, He should be honored and glorified. We glorify and honor God. Why? Why is He worthy? Because of the great things that He has created. He deserves our praise and our glory. I think of the work that God did as salvation. Of all the creation and all the great things that the Lord has done and God has done for us. Salvation. The work that He did 2,000 years ago on the hill uh, outside of Jerusalem, called Calvary, was His greatest work toward us. He made it possible for us to have salvation. 
He made it possible for us to be saved. It was a great work. It was a work that He Himself did. <laughs> he created. You think of, you think of uh, the days of creation, how God in His power, He spoke the world into existence in the days of creation as you read Genesis chapter 1. But yet the salvation plan, God Himself came down to earth lived a sinless and perfect life. And He did that, why? For His work and salvation into our life. This way of salvation. He delivered us in this work from our greatest enemies. He, he, he delivered us from the effects of sin, the eternal effects that uh, bring death. He made a way for salvation. Jesus Christ reconciled the holy from the unholy. The just from the unjust. He made that work possible at salvation. Why did He do that? Why did He do that? Because of love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What was, the, what was the, the cause of God's greatest work in salvation? His love. His love for you, His love for me, His love for the world, His love for every one of His creation that have, have experienced the effects of sin, the effects of the fall. He made it possible for us to be renewed. All of us respect the great work of doctors that can do amazing things. A heart transplant, double lung transplant, these kind of things, it's amazing, amazing work, right? But then we think of the work that God does in salvation <laughs> and how that every day He is able through salvation to transplant a heart, to change a heart. The miracle of salvation, the, the word that we use to describe it and the word that's used in the Bible is being born again. And, it, and that's really what it is. It's a new life. It's a new heart. It's a, it's a transformation. And God does this every day around the world for whosoever will. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a miracle. It's a miracle, a changed heart. It's a miracle, not just the changed heart, but the eternal life that He gives so freely. It is a great work. If you and I were just to take the rest of our lives and thank the Lord and praise Him and say, God, You are worthy of, of all glory and honor and praise because of Your work at salvation. Our life would have purpose. Our life would be fulfilled. Why? Because that was a great work that He did at salvation. But you know, He didn't just stop there. For us as Christians, for us as believers that are working, uh, drawing close to Him, He didn't just give us this free gift of salvation and give us a new heart and give us eternal life and the hope of the resurrection, the hope of eternal life and stop there. No, He begins to do this work in our life to change us. He changes our heart. He changes our mind. And so that it begins to be more 
Christ-like. So that we begin to take on the mind of Christ and be able to think, think and have eternal perspective instead of just an earthly perspective, right? This process in the, in the scripture is called sanctification. It's, it's God working in our lives to set us apart from His service or for His work. Back around the work, our work. God's working on us for our work that we are to do. He's changing us. He's transforming us. He's helping us. There's the little kid song they sing, you know. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and stars, sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, because he's still working on me. You know that? He's still working on us. He doesn't give up. You know, sometimes we, we stray away from him. Sometimes we get hard-hearted. Sometimes we get our own mindset. And, and a lot of times, we, if we look back, we can understand that those are some of the most painful times in our lives when we try to do things and control things and do it our way, right? But he's so loving, he's so long-suffering, he's so patient that when we finally realize, man, I'm not getting it right, when we come back to him, he's so gracious and loving to say, all right, let's start back where we did and begin to work with us. And work, just, just as Jeremiah went into those, those details of the potter and the clay, it's such a perfect example of what the Lord is to us, is, is he's the potter. And we're the clay. And not only did he form us up and make us into who he wants us to be and his masterpiece. When we were born, he created us. But then when we were born again, he begins to do this work over again in our life as the potter and the clay and shape us and mold us. What? For his service, the vessel that he wants us to be in, the vessel that he wants us to, to have. In Ephesians chapter 2, I've, if you turn there, Ephesians chapter 2, this passage is real familiar to you. But the Lord, He's working on us, and it's a great work. You know, the, the testimonies that I like, I, like I, I, love, I love to hear people's testimony of how God saved them, and then God began to change them. And I, and I like to hear it when somebody else tells the story. Like, man, I knew this person, and then something happened to them. I just heard this recently. Someone said, man, I knew this person, and, and, then, they, and then they said that they accepted Christ as their Savior, and, and their life began to change. I had to, come and, I had to come and see what happened. I had to come and find out what was happening. It's, it's God working on an individual and changing us. Boy, we... When, we, when, when, the, when the Holy Spirit of God moves down inside of us and, and we begin to have fellowship with the Creator of the universe and a relationship with Him, things begin to change. Our mindset, our, 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 our perspective, our outlook, our worldview begins to change. We begin to see things more how He sees it. And hopefully we begin to have more grace, more love for each other. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, 
Not of works, lest any man should boast. We all understand this. The Bible's clear. We don't work for our salvation, do we? We, we, can't, we can't accept that free gift of our sins forgiven uh, eternity in heaven by any good works that we do. It's a free gift, and the work was done at salvation on the cross by Jesus Christ. But the verse goes on, verse 10. It says, for we are His workmanship. Once we've experienced the free gift of salvation, the Lord, through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us now, begins to go to, go to work on our lives. And we become His workmanship. It says, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. You're put into Christ, the body of Christ at salvation. In Christ Jesus, unto, say it, good works, which God hath uh, before ordained that we should walk in them. It was ordained of God that after we experience the free gift of salvation, that He begins to work in our lives, preparing us for what? Good work. Good works. We're not saved by good works. We don't, we don't earn God's grace. We don't earn God's love by good works. We don't. His love, His grace is free. It's given to us. It's given to each and every person. It's not, it's not a result of our good works. But what is a result of our good works is His working on us, transforming us, changing us, us surrendering to His work in our lives. And then that results in our work being a reflection of God's glory. So that what we do, no matter what it is that we do, we can glorify God through our work. This is the sanctification process. And it reflects our heart to God. It shows the world that there's something different. Not just in word, but also in deed. Right? Not just that we say that we believe in the Lord. Not just that we say that we are Christians. But that our actions begin to show it. That something's different through our works. So, don't just try to get by. And don't just try to get ahead, but the tasks that we have, the work that we have in our life to do, the work that we're called to do, do it for Him. Do it for His honor and for His glory. There would then become no insignificant task, but there would be significance in preparing a meal and sending an email and making a phone call and helping another person, teaching a class. Whatever it is that we do, we begin to do it as a reflection and glory to Him. We're not just to glorify God on Sunday morning, but our life should become become, uh, glory to Him. And that can happen in a simple way, just by doing it for Him. So, Monday mornings, when we're getting up and getting ready for work, or whatever we got to do, we can begin to say, Lord, today's for You. It's not for me. It's not for someone else. I'm going to do it as unto the Lord. And I'm going to do it with all my heart, You helping me. 
you helping me. I'm going to put my, I'm going to put, I'm going to do my best and let you take care of the rest. <laughs> Our life will begin to take on significance as we work as unto the Lord. I want to close with this one verse. So we take it with us. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. 1 Corinthians 10.31 The Bible says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, I mean those are what we would think is just insignificant things, the stuff we have to do every day, right? Part of life. And he says, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Maybe in our life we say, I've not experienced the great work of salvation. I've not experienced God forgiven my sins and given me the hope of eternal life. It's simple. It's a free gift. It's trusting in Christ. It's asking Him to be your Lord and Savior, to forgive your sins, to come into your heart, to become Lord of your life. And let me tell you, He wants to do that. He wants to do that for us. And as followers of Christ, as Christians, our lives are meant to be a reflection of God through us. God the Creator. The great, great worker. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come before You. And Lord, we pray that we as a church and we as individuals, Lord, can can bring glory and honor to You. I pray that the work that we do, Lord, that we wouldn't see it as separate from our Christian life, but the part of the main part, Lord, whatever You've called us to do, that it's not uh, separate from church or separate from uh, our Bible reading, but it's all part of the same thing and that our relationship and life with You and what You want to do through us and what You're preparing us for and what You're working our lives together to do. For Your honor and glory, God, help us to live our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.